stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static. Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni with you as usual. And we are joined once again by our distinguished colleague, Peggy Little, Senior Litigation Counsel here at the New Civil Liberties Alliance with, uh, with news of, uh, of a positive sort. Uh, Peggy, what, what's, uh, what's happened? Well, we did receive very good news just two days ago. Um, we had filed a suit challenging a rule under which the SEC had approved NASDAQ's what's known as the Board Diversity Rule, and that had been heard by a panel um, on the Fifth Circuit, a three-judge panel. Gosh, it was a long time ago, almost a year ago. Um, actually, more than that, because it was 2021. Almost two years ago. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and you argued that case. I did. And um, we were disappointed in the ruling. Uh, the three judges um, had decided that, yes, it was just fine for the SEC to approve the NASDAQ rules uh, designating the um, uh, race, gender, and um, sexuality characteristics of who should sit on the boards of NASDAQ companies. We felt that um, decision was just flatly wrong on any number of grounds. And so we moved for rehearing on Bonk. And just two days ago, that was um, decided, and that uh, the court agreed that the case should be reheard by it will be 16 judges. And the panel decision is vacated. Um, uh, and that's a very good sign. What that means is a substantial number of judges on that court have concerns about that what we think is an erroneous panel decision. Right. So uh, whether whether they overturn it completely or not remains to be seen. There will be briefing, another set of arguments in front of the full full court, but at least the panel ruling has been vacated. So that it's unlikely that that would be the basis for any judgment coming coming down from the court. Uh, although I guess I should say, John, we've We've seen uh, panel opinions reinstated by en banc courts before at NCLA, so. <laughs> but to perish the thought here. Well, why don't we remind just what did the rule say? I think we should just tell folks what that is. Sure. The rule says, um, and this is sort of simplified, but and there are two rules as well, and there are some additional consequences, but basically it says if you're a NASDAQ company, two seats on your board need to be reserved, one of them for either a woman or someone who identifies as a woman or an underrepresented minority, and those minorities are listed, or someone who identifies as an underrepresented minority. And the second seat has to be reserved for someone uh, who identifies or is LGBTQ+. And um, they're... Uh, I remember that slightly differently. I think that the, and I know this is this is your case. You remember may be better, but it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think one seat has to be a woman, and the oh, other seat right. is right. either racial minority or LGBTQ. That's that's correct. I'm sorry. Um, in any event, the um, so those two seats are to be reserved. 
If you don't have uh, that board composition, which really is a quota, then you also have to provide an explanation as to why you don't. Um, and that's a compelled speech problem. We think more fundamentally, the, um, the rule is just way beyond any powers that Congress has ever granted to the SEC under its um, mission of investor protection. And the SEC, had, in fact, has no business telling American corporations who should be on their boards. And, and John, we talked about this a week or two ago. This is part of this whole-of-government approach that right. the Biden administration right. has taken to trying to regulate things. And in this, this case, they're trying, to, uh, they're trying to, to micromanage the racial and gender and, and sexual orientation composition of boards of directors. First of all, something that's traditionally just managing boards of directors, traditionally state uh, area regulation, not a federal regulation at all. The SEC was never given this power, as Peggy just just said. But that's not stopping this administration from trying to achieve certain public policy goals that are outside the ambit of and, the SEC's and, regulatory authority. And, and just like um, sometimes they'll say anything's national security, anything's investor confidence, right? So you just throw anything into that bucket and then say you have that power. Well, but this is a particularly strong case because this isn't like an FCC uh, case, for example, where you say you can regulate in the public interest. The actual statute in the 34 Act says that SEC's power to approve rules of the exchanges requires the SEC to ensure that NASDAQ's rules are, quote, not designed to regulate matters not related to the purposes of the Exchange Act. And those are investor protection, um, fair and honest markets, and encouraging capital formation. Yeah, and and it it does strike me that um, this this panel waited a while till it got out its opinion. Right, we've discussed that, and uh, the on banc. What when do we have a schedule for it yet? Yeah, the it will be um, argued the week of May thirteenth. They have not chosen the particular day, um, but that's the week. Of, a lot of reporters have been very interested in this. We've we've heard from. Uh, more news outlets on this than than, than usual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that'll be in New Orleans. In New Orleans, yes. Okay, so uh, we had sought this uh, this on banc at the end of November. Um, this is mid, getting to be late February. Doesn't usually take a court this long to make a decision on whether or not to take a case on banc. Any any theories on? why it's taken over two months, uh, getting, you know, two and a half months for the court to make this decision? Well, first of all, the, the panel decision took forever. I think it was over 17 months. And, um, you know, courts are political institutions, and um, there's no question, but the composition of the court um, was changing. Uh, and uh, I think maybe the hope is that um, uh, the vote uh, took longer than usual because, there was a new judge on the court, and um, you know, figuring out how many votes would be in favor of on banc uh, might have proven hard. And, and you know, I uh, my theory is that dissent by uh, that dissent by uh, Alito the other day in the Thomas Jefferson case. I think all of these quota type issues are very sensitive with the entire judiciary. They're moving to remove remove the quotas and the and the reverse discrimination, it used to be called, but they, they 
do seem to be taking all deliberate speed. They don't want to seem to be doing it every day. The problem is, is that the other side is putting them in every day. But it does strike me that the judiciary is a little nervous about going all in every time. Well, we're happy with our uh, position in this case because it actually doesn't require the court to reach that question. No, it doesn't. Uh, This is beyond SEC's administrative power. That's what we have concentrated on in our briefing, both that it does not have the power to determine who's on NASDAQ's boards and that uh, the statute prohibits it from reaching those sorts of questions. And the compelled speech, we have to explain why you don't have the composition that... uh, this rule requires is, is why we're not practicing Nvidia's discrimination at our company <laughs> and determining board seats. Yeah. yeah, and just the idea that the government says you've got some explaining to do is, I think, offensive to people who have, may have very good reasons uh, why their board composition needs to. For example, if you're Boeing, concentrate on airline safety, not immutable characteristics of who is on your board. Well, the the other thing that uh, strikes me about all this, though, is that. I bet you the news people aren't calling for that because it reminds me of Cargill where we have to say every day it's not a Second Amendment case, and I think you're going to be in the same position. Yeah. Well, and and Peggy makes a good point about uh, what our arguments are in this case, but there's actually two lawsuits that were brought here, right? So the first lawsuit wasn't ours. It was uh, uh, the Alliance for Fair Board Recruitment, AFBR, versus Securities and Exchange Commission, and then our case was brought shortly, short time after that, uh, National Center for Public Policy Research versus Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, those cases were consolidated for purposes of argument at the Fifth Circuit. En banc was granted to both of them because the decision was was a one decision in both cases. And so the en banc now will continue to involve both of these. But uh, the Alliance for Fair Board Recruitment has made arguments. In fact, I would say their lead argument is really uh, this sort of equal protection kind of uh, argument um, but to your point, the court doesn't have to reach that. It does not. And um, we're, we think it represents a very good opportunity for the court to um, remind the SEC and various other agencies that they have to stay within their regulatory guardrails. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, that was my first thought when we found out about this case is why can't the SEC stick to its lane and focus on investor protection? I mean, it's not like They've had a sterling record recently for, you know, catching all of the uh, uh, goings-on by, uh, uh, well, I'm forgetting the acronym now, SFX? Or, yeah, you know, SFX, or, it, yeah. the, uh, the uh, uh, crypto guy. Yeah, and Alan Stanford before that, and uh, Bernie Madoff, and I mean, the SEC has plenty to do without venturing into something that it has no statutory uh, remit to do. This is a uh, this is a frolic and detour into trendy governance notions that I think are none of the SEC's uh, business. And the fact that it, it you know, also promotes odious discrimination just makes it all the worse. I think uh, this fails the man on the street test. If you were to grab an ordinary American and say, the SEC is telling NASDAQ-listed companies <laughs> what their board composition should be in terms of these kinds of characteristics, they, someone would just scratch their head and say, huh? Well, the other thing that's interesting to me, if I, and I don't remember this very well, so you may remember it better, Peggy, but the SEC had looked at this question of whether or not the governance was improved uh, at companies when they had certain diversity characteristics in the board, and they had a hard time coming up with anything definitive showing that this was really helpful. In fact, they admit in the, the studies they did that the, the evidence was inconclusive, and uh, the studies do not show a strong correlation 
between corporate performance and this kind of board composition. So all the more reason why they can't do this. But uh, anyway, the case is National Center for Public Policy Research v. Securities and Exchange Commission. Congratulations on the en banc. Uh, Peggy, and we'll have you back to find out how argument uh, goes. Thank you so much, Mark. 